Now we're in Proverbs. We're in chapter 1. As you know, we're just moving verse by verse through Proverbs, and we'll do that till about the 10th chapter, and then we'll just go some, to some topics because I think the book aligns itself in that way. But let's focus on verse 20 and following. If you will, just follow in your Bibles. Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the market, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy street, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. And this is what she says. How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in scoffing and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. Because I have called and you refuse to listen, have stretched out my hand and no one is heeded. Because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you, when terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you. By the way, this is not a seeker-friendly message, is it not? <laughs> Uh, she's not bothered wisdom is not bothered by the culture wisdom is not given to soft messages wisdom is given to truth and wisdom will speak truth with clarity and that's what is happening in this section verse 28 if you will then they will call upon me and I will not answer they will seek me diligently but will not find me because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their way and have their fill of their own devices. For the simple are killed by their turning away and the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. Father, the word that we just read is eternal it comes from you it is life giving and so we pray as mere mortals that you would impart its truth to us enabling us to receive it to understand it and to walk in it i pray that it would be reproof to those who need correction i pray it will be a warning to those who need warning and it will be an affirmation to those who are walking in wisdom i pray that Jesus would be exalted as we talk about this section and that perhaps you will use this passage to communicate the gospel, the good news of Jesus who has come to bring salvation to people, even people that are listening right now. So impart your truth to us, I pray. In the name of Jesus, amen. This is perhaps one of the most important chapters in all of Proverbs. I think if we can understand even today's passage, it will be like a key that unlocks the truths for the rest of the book. That if we will realize what God is saying to us in this section, then we can understand all these hundreds upon hundreds of Proverbs that are listed for us in the book of Proverbs. Let me just try to break it down for us, if you will. First, Wisdom is calling aloud to those who are foolish. This is part of God's grace that he would call out to us. If wisdom was a preacher, how would you envision that preacher to be? I envision wisdom to be a stately preacher, one who is mature, 
one who is seasoned in ministry, one who knows the passages of the truth of God's Word, the Bible, who has prayed through them, lived by them, and stands with his gray hair and with perfect diction begins to communicate God's truth. That's the way I envision wisdom. Solomon gives us a whole other picture. Solomon does not give us the image of wisdom as a stately older man preaching from a pulpit or on a platform. Solomon tells us in this place, personified, wisdom is a marketplace preacher. Wisdom is a street preacher. And the wisdom preacher is not one that is culturally sensitive, as I said, not very seeker-friendly. It's a turn-or-burn kind of message. It's either you get right or you get left. The Wisdom words are not flowered. They are direct, bolsterous. They are conviction, convicting. And what's interesting to me is that wisdom is actually personified here in the feminine. We don't really do that in our language. We would say that Vulcan is an image of a man. That Vulcan is there in Birmingham and he stands for the steel industry of Birmingham. So we place him as a man. But we don't have words that are nouns that are given automatic feminine or masculine gender roles. But Hebrew does. Spanish does. French does. Some other languages do. But not our English language. So it seems a little bit weird for us to have wisdom personified in a feminine way. But in Hebrew, the word wisdom is a feminine word. And so Solomon gives the description, the illustration of wisdom as female because that's the way the language is written. Now, the closest thing you and I might come to that is we might personify justice as a woman who has a blinder on holding up her scale. Or we might personify liberty as a woman who stands with her light held for all to see, to come. Liberty. That's about as close as we get. But for Solomon, it's deeply rooted in their language that wisdom is personified as a female preacher. Now, ultimately, Solomon is not saying that Jesus is going to one day be a female. He is not giving feminine attributes to Christ Jesus. This is simply a literary style called personification. Ultimately, wisdom is going to be identified in Jesus Christ. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians, the first chapter, that Jesus Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God, that Christ the Lord is wisdom. And he goes on to say in that same chapter that Jesus became wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So ultimately, Jesus is wisdom. So the Proverbs reveal that there is a way in Christ Jesus, and that way is wisdom, and there is a way in the devil that is called folly or foolishness. So all throughout Proverbs, especially the first nine chapters, we're going to see this distinct pathway that Solomon is telling his son, you've got to make a choice in the way you're going to live. You're either going to walk with wisdom or you're going to walk with foolishness. To walk with wisdom is to walk in the way of God, the way God has created things to be, and with the Messiah, Jesus himself. To walk with foolishness is the opposite of being in relationship with God, the opposite of living as the rhythm that God has established in creation. One way, wisdom leads towards life 
and blessing, and the other way, foolishness, leads for, towards destruction and death. So he's telling his son, make the choice. Wisdom, outright, is being in relationship with Christ Jesus, hearing his word, obeying his word, and walking with him in his word. Folly is being in relationship with the devil, hearing his ploys, falling for his deceit, falling for his schemes, falling for his lies, and walking with him on that, which leads towards destruction. So if we receive the word of Jesus and walk with him by faith, then we will live secure with him and live in the blessings of him. That's what Proverbs, the end of Proverbs is telling us. The conclusion of life is you can walk with wisdom and have blessing and living. Or you can choose a path of folly and walk into destruction and death. Now the book of Proverbs explains that ignoring Jesus, ignoring wisdom, will have grave consequences for our living today and ultimately for our eternal destiny in the future. Now, we need to understand that wisdom does not come naturally to us. In fact, the opposite comes naturally. So you and I have a flesh that is filled with sin. We were born in sin. That's what the Bible says. The Adamic sin, the sin of Adam, has passed down throughout all generations, including our own. We were born in sin. Our heart is not just easily deceived, but our heart is deceitful. That's what Jesus says about us, that our mind is not like His. Our thoughts are way different from God's, for God's thoughts and God's ways are different from ours. Now, we can have the mind of Christ with the new life that is given to us in Christ and with His Spirit that comes within us by nature. He can give us the mind of Christ, but naturally it is not ours naturally we walk in a way of foolishness it's like the prophet isaiah says this we are all like sheep who have gone astray every one of us has turned to our own way and we recognize in the biblical truth that there is a way that seems right to us but in the end it leads to death so this is the alarm that we don't automatically have wisdom you might say when that boy is, is wise beyond his years. Well, he might be bright and he might be perceptive, but he does not come on this world with wisdom of God. He comes as a rejecter of God. He comes as a rebel, rebellious one of God. Or you might say, that gal, she is amazingly wise and she might be perceptive and she might be bright, she might be smart, she might be intellectually above others, but I can tell you if she is not walking in the way of Jesus, she's walking in foolishness. The Bible is clear about that, that wisdom is Christ. So if we're going to be wise, we must walk in Christ. So wisdom is boldly declaring to those who are walking a path of folly, walking towards destruction. She's calling out to them in the midst of all that, be it at the city gate or in the marketplace. She's calling out to them to come off that path of folly and come to her where there is life. Listen to my words and turn from your ways. That's what she's saying. So there is, there is this distinction that she's making. Can I just remind us of this gospel moment that Jesus was born unlike us? That you and I were born with a natural inclination to folly. Jesus was born with wisdom. Jesus is not like us. He did not have a father like us where the Adamic sin passes from generation to generation through the fathers. Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. So Jesus came into this world 
not just with wisdom, Jesus came as wisdom. He lived in this world with perfect righteousness. Unlike everybody else, he lived without sin. Though he was tempted in every way, he did not sin in any way. So he proves to be that wisdom of God in the flesh. So wisdom calls out to repent, to turn. Isn't that the first message of Jesus when he came in flesh to earth? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's the message of the Old Testament. It's the message of Jesus, and it's the message of this church, to repent from our ways and come to God's way. And when we do that, that's wisdom, walking in the way of Christ. So wisdom is the way of God. Now, a person can understand, if they understand that there is a creator, they can understand the creator designed the world in a certain way. He's designed it to act and work and be in rhythm in a certain way. And wisdom discerns that way and chooses to walk in that way. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 8. Proverbs chapter 8, beginning in verse 22. And as I read this section of Scripture, I want you to hear the similarities to John chapter 1, where the scripture says that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God goes on to explain that everything that was created was created by the hand of the word there's nothing created that was not created but by him so I want you to hear that parallel and as you're hearing that parallel I also want you to hear the rhythm and the way that God has established creation that God was purposeful about it now here's what he says this is wisdom speaking out. Remember, we've already personified wisdom. And so wisdom now is calling out and saying these things about herself. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of old. Now, acts of old are the creation time. When God was creating and bringing things about, he's bringing time about. These are the acts of old. So wisdom was possessed by God as he is creating. Now that's important for us to get because God in wisdom is creating the world and he's putting rhythm and order and ways inside of creation. For you and me to be wise, we recognize that God is the creator and he has created this creation with order. And if you and I will understand that order and walk in that order, which is revealed by Christ, then we will walk with wisdom and in wisdom. So the Lord possessed me at the beginning of his work, at the first of his acts of old. Ages ago I was set up at the first before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. And when there was no springs abounding with water, before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills I was brought forth, before he had made the earth with its fields and on the first of the dust of the world. When he established the heavens, I was there. When the dew a circle, when he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when he established the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limits so that the waters might not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, when I, then I was beside him like a master workman. I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world and delighting in the children of man. So God has designed the universe to operate in a certain way 
and he has brought it about in his wisdom. Proverbs 8.32 says that when people understand this wisdom and they walk in it, heeding the instruction of wisdom, heeding the way of Jesus, not neglecting it, but heeding it, then they are blessed. So blessed are those who are attentive to wisdom, listen to wisdom, watch for wisdom, wait for wisdom. That's what uh, the chapter ends in chapter 1. That's what she's saying. Blessed are those people who are in all ways insightful to wisdom. In other words, God has designed the universe in such a way that the universe conforms to wisdom. The universe conforms to Jesus. And when we walk in that conformity to Jesus, our life submitted to Him, our way submitted to His way, our will submitted to His will, then we are walking in wisdom on a path of life and blessing and presence of God but when we choose to ignore the rhythm that God has established and the ways of wisdom in this world, then we walk in folly, we walk towards destruction, and ultimately towards eternal death. So God's plan for the world and our actions don't naturally match up. And that's revealed in chapter 8, verse 32 and following. So he goes on to say, And now, O sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise, and do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. For whoever finds me finds life, and whoever obtains favor and, and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find me, injures himself. Catch this. All who hate me, all who hate wisdom, love death. All who love themselves more than they love Christ, all who love their way more than they love Christ, all who neglect the way that God has made the world to be in wisdom, hate life and they love death. Now, the gospel comes in to say, but it doesn't have to be that way. The gospel says, I know you're struggling to live life in the rhythm that God has established with righteousness. I know you're having difficulty doing that. That's the reason why God became righteousness for us on our behalf. The one who knew no sin, Jesus, the righteous one, the altogether wise one, took our sin upon himself that we might have God's righteousness. There's an exchange that takes place. God says in his favor for us that he takes our sin upon himself, dies with the justice that it deserves, and then gives us his righteousness. This is the exchange of faith. You give him your sin, he gives you his righteousness. What an exchange! That is worthy to be received and that is worthy to be submitted to such that your life and my life would be given to the one who would love us in such a way. And that's walking in wisdom. That's the beginning of wisdom. The beginning steps of foolishness are to take the fruit which was forbidden, see it in your own eyes, determine for your own self that this is what is good for me and I want it, take it, eat it. That's the beginning steps of foolishness and the beginning steps of wisdom is Christ has taken that sin upon himself and paid the justice required by a holy God. 
I submit my life to him, not just in belief, but all my being submitted to him, and I choose from this day forward to live unto him as my, he is my Lord, I am his slave. That, my friends, is to walk in wisdom, to recognize our way leads to death, his way leads to life. Now, this thing carries on throughout the scripture. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, the wisdom that you and I think we have is actually foolishness in God's understanding. And the things that are wise, according to God, are deemed by humankind to be foolish. So outright, we have this counter that's going on. We see this throughout Proverbs. When we get to it, we'll see these these uh, subjects that are brought up, topics that are brought up. What they're doing is helping us to identify not just quips for living, adages for living. It's not just tricks to live the blessed life with. It's constantly pointing out how the way of wisdom is different than the way of folly. The way of God is different than the way of man. For instance, the way mankind thinks that we can become rich is to gain as much as we can and cling to that which we gain. But God's wisdom refutes that, saying, One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. So God shows that there's a, a contrast between the folly that we have. I want to be more and more rich, so I'm going to make more and hold more. God says, no, if you want to be rich, you give more. That's just the wisdom of God. It seems foolish to mankind, but that is the wisdom of God. Man says that if you want more money and more stuff, then that's good because that'll equal greater satisfaction in your life. God dismisses that foolishness saying, the righteous has enough to satisfy his appetite, but the belly of the wicked suffers want. God shows the contrast. The way of mankind is to promote self and to promote yourself on social media and other ways saying that that's just essential in this life god says in his wisdom contradicting that it is not good to eat much honey nor is it glorious to seek one's own glory the way of mankind says to be a friend to your kids not to be their disciplinarian but god says in a crystal clear way whoever spares the rod hates his son but whoever loves him is diligent to discipline him so all throughout Proverbs, we're going to see these moments, these hundreds of Proverbs that are going to lift out of the page. But underneath that is not just adages for your living. Underneath that is you need to know that God has a way of wisdom and God has a way of righteousness and God is calling you and me to walk on that. And every other way is foolishness and every other way walks contrary to the things of God, the rhythm of God and the way of God and the life of God. And so he's drawing us to that attention. So by God's grace, he lets us know in our folly, and he calls us out of that folly to his own wisdom. Proverbs 14, 12 says it this way, by God's grace, he says that there is a way that seems right to people, but its end is the way of death. Stated another way, one that's really clear to many of you because you have it written in your home or you have it written in your office. I have it in my office as well, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. is one that's often quoted by people, and rightfully so. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. Why? Because your understanding takes you to foolishness. Your understanding takes you to death. God's 
God's way leads you to life. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. And then he goes on to say, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. And that path will be straight towards blessing and life, towards eternity with him. But now three, five, and six is good. But we ought to root into verse seven as well. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. So it's not just trusting the Lord with all your heart and leaning not on your own understanding. It's doing that because we recognize we are not wise in our own eyes. In our own eyes, we are foolish because we were born that way. We were bent in that direction by the sin of mankind. And because of that, we choose to walk away from that which is folly because wisdom is calling out for us to do that. Now, look what she's, who she's speaking to. She's calling out to those who are simple, those who delight in scoffing and those who are foolish and hate knowledge. So this is the direct audience that she's going to. First, the simple ones. Now, you might have it in your mind that she's talking about the simpletons, uh, which is an expression of people who are not very bright. She's not talking about IQ here. She's not talking about people with a low IQ as being simple-minded in that way. Have you ever taken an IQ test? I have determined to never take an IQ test <laughs> because once you know that score, uh, it proves what everybody else has been thinking about you all those years, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm not going to take an IQ test. She's not talking about people who would wrestle and struggle with a low IQ. She, she's talking rather about people who are easily swayed with folly. And I think what she's getting at is that they choose to remain ignorant of God and His ways. For many people, this is not those who are the dissenters, the rebellious, outright, completely obstinate to God's Word. These are the people who just don't even recognize that there is a rhythm of wisdom that has been established in creation that God demands all creation to follow. They live in the moment. They live only in the moment. They don't think about the consequences down the road. So the paycheck just came in and they run and they spend all their paycheck. And two weeks later, when the bills start to pile up and they have no resources to pay their bills, they are simple ones. They have not thought through the plan. They've not thought through the way. They've lived in the moment of greed rather than in the wisdom that God has given them opportunity to have. So they just ignore the will and the way of God. They don't completely understand or choose to understand that God has a path and wants them to follow that path so that they might live well. Perhaps they claim to know God, but yet they're living in the moment and only for the moment, not thinking about the way of righteousness. You know, knowing God and walking with God is not the same. I know a lot of people who know God but I know few people who walk with God. And so she's calling out to the simple ones who know God, but they don't walk with Him. They don't walk with wisdom. They don't walk in the journey with Him. They fail to recognize that their journey without wisdom is actually a journey of folly that leads them to death. So they ignorantly folly, uh, follow folly to their own death. 
Now, this might look in various ways, so if I'm going to mention some ways and it doesn't quite fit into your life, don't think that this isn't an issue for you. Those who are simple ones don't contemplate the death and the destruction of being on a path with pornography. They say simple things like, it's not hurting anyone. Like, this is just a way of release for me. Everybody does it. They don't recognize that pornography is actually a folly's path that leads to destruction. They don't recognize that that folly path of pornography goes deeper and deeper into a quagmire of sin and brings destruction in people's marriages, in their families, in their work life, and in their church life, and themselves. So the simple ones don't even contemplate that pornography has its deadly consequences. They just engage in the moment. Or maybe the simple ones are those who are gluttonous. So we might say, you know, it's just our culture. Our culture eats too much. Our culture has too many fatty foods. Our culture has too much carbohydrates. Really, gluttony is a walking in folly that will lead to destruction. If you are gluttonous, listen, if you're carrying 50, 60, 70, 100 pounds more than God wants you to carry, then you are walking on a deadly pathway and it is scientifically proven you will die quicker than people who are not gluttonous. Can I just tell us for this moment that gluttony is not just an issue with you physically, gluttony is an itch issue with you spiritually. You have chosen in your gluttonous behavior and choice to walk away from wisdom, and wisdom is Jesus. Or pride, or arrogance, or anger, or whatever it is that Proverbs mentions to us, all those things are spiritual in their nature. It's not just characteristics that we have, it is the nature by which we have chosen to walk. So yes, sometimes there's going to be subjects that Proverbs will bring up and they'll make us go, oh, that, that kind of hurts. Some of you are already feeling the tension in the room. Can I say, I'm feeling the tension in the room? But that's wisdom. Wisdom is not worried about cultural sensitivity. Wisdom is not worried about seeker sensitivity. Wisdom recognizes to be on a path of folly is to be on a path of destruction and death, and she is doing all she can to draw us out of that, calling us to turn, to repent. And if we will see it with, with understanding, then we'll know that God is saying these things to us out of love. People don't really think about the hours of television time or the hours of perusing social media when really what the Bible says is that is being slothful. You and I are meant to walk in the way of Christ. And what's the way of Christ? Well, we read it in chapter 8. The way of Christ is order. It's productivity. It's creativity. It's, it's that kind of order in life. Not wasteful time of just watching television and looking through Instagram or Facebook. It's meant to be productive. That's the way. 
Or, or maybe you think it's not a big deal that your house is in disarray or that your property is overcome with weeds or briars or whatever the case might be, that you've allowed this or that to get out of hand. Maybe your car is trashed. Maybe your bedroom, your bed hadn't been made and the clothes hadn't been picked up in days or weeks. What Proverbs is saying is, listen, there's a way that seems right to you, but at the end it brings death. It puts you on a pathway of folly, and all those things are spiritual issues. You say, Randy, how is making up my bed and keeping my room clean a spiritual issue? I know it this way, that God has a rhythm that he established in creation, and the rhythm was it was created in perfect order, and it's sustained in perfect ways by Jesus. What is Jesus doing right now in the brokenness of this world? He is reconciling all things to himself. He is making all things new to himself. That's the gospel, right? So that gets transferred in every way that we go. So your office, and my, oh, my office right now is pretty trashed. My desk has piles everywhere. If I'm going to walk in the way of Christ, then I need to be orderly in all that I do and not have these moments of thought where, where I, I know I ought to clean this up. I know I ought to make that up. I know I ought to go cut the grass. I know I ought to do this, but I don't want to do that. I want to do what I want to do. You with me? That promotes a pathway of folly. And if you and I are given to that, you and I will travel down folly a long, long way. And the further we travel down folly's path, the further we go away from Jesus. So it makes a difference. All of it makes a difference. There is no sacred and secular divide. In the way of creation, they are united in Christ Jesus. So in all ways, we ought to be living in wisdom. For all you mamas out there who've been trying to get your kids and your husbands to clean the room, you're welcome. The second person that she talks to is the scoffer. And those are people who are more grievous against God's word. They've heard it. They actively discount it, though. They don't believe that it really belongs to them. That, okay, that's God's word, supposedly. I'm just going to ignore it. I'm not going to listen to it. I'm not going to heed its instruction. And there's going to be some things that we're going to come to throughout our weeks in Proverbs that you're going to say, you know, Randy, right now you're just kind of meddling. And you're going to think that that doesn't really ought not to be applied to your life to bring change. It's because our flesh loves folly. Our spirit despises it. The flesh loves it. And in that moment, we have to be careful not to be like the scoffer, for the scoffer does not like to be reproved. To be reproved is to have somebody pointing out a blame, pointing out some issue in us. That's to be reproved. So the scoffer does not like to be reproved. He will not go to the wise. Scoffer is the name of the arrogant. Haughty man who acts with arrogant pride. In other words, the scoffer is, I don't need God to tell me that. I don't need you, Randy, to tell me that. I don't need to hear that. I'm just not going to come. I'm not going to apply that to my life. It doesn't matter. That's the scoffer. And then she calls out to the fools, those who are absolutely obstinate and rejectors of wisdom. And she calls out to them because she loves them, wanting them to come to the way of truth because she recognizes that their way of foolishness will lead them to death. Can I just give you a number of verses in Proverbs very fast about being the fool? 
The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Okay, verse 7 of chapter 1 is like the thesis statement for Proverbs. If you want to know what Proverbs is about, it's verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, the beginning of knowledge, and fools despise wisdom and instruction. How about chapter 12? The way of the fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. So you're going to have a choice. You can reject the words of wisdom. You can reject the word of God and be foolish. Or you can receive it and be wise. Verse four, chapter 14, verse 16. One who is wise is cautious and turns away from evil, but a fool is reckless and careless. Chapter 28. Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. So, so you're seeing a pattern there, right? Wisdom has a path. Foolishness has a path. One leads to life, one leads to death. Now, obviously, Christians have no reason to be acting out in ways that are simple or that are scoffing or that are foolish because we are people who know God. Because we know God, we know the way of God. And because we know the way of God, we know the person of God. We know the spirit of wisdom. He dwells within us. We have a personal relationship with God and ought to affect our personal lives. So we should have nothing to do with being simple or scoffing or being foolish. Now, in all those categories, the Lord wants that no one would perish, but all would have life. So he calls out to us from wisdom. All right, real quickly, let me share the last two points. Hearing wisdom's reproof will bring a change in life. It will bring a repentance, and it will bring a change in your life. So as I mentioned, reproof is to express blame or disapproval in some way. When wisdom reproves, when wisdom points out something, then you and I should yield our life to that. Turn from our folly and turn to wisdom in every way and when that happens it won't just be that you're getting this done in your own strength and your own power it is that God empowers us for a transformation did you know that God can empower you to keep your room clean <laughs> did you know that God can empower you to not order the appetizer and the dessert did you know that God can empower you not to overindulge in your alcohol that God can empower you. And the way he does that is by being on the path of life with you. It's you and me walking side by side with Jesus who is wisdom and walking in him. What I've come to discover, the more I am purposeful to walk with wisdom, the less vulnerable I am to the sin of folly. When I purpose to engage God every day and throughout the day in his word in prayer in worship in praise when i am purposeful to engage in conversation in that way when i purposefully don't put myself in a compromised place what i'm watching on television what the movies i'm going to the music i'm listening to where i'm surfing on the internet when i'm purposeful to walk with wisdom i am less vulnerable to the way of folly so walk hand in hand with wisdom now, wisdom offers us hope. In fact, you'll never, ever go far enough away from wisdom that he will not allow you to have a U-turn. Jesus always gives the U-turn opportunity. He's doing that today. You have not walked too far away from Christ that he does not see you. 
And he doesn't call out to you. He's calling out to you now to turn to him. But let me give you a warning, though. The further you and I walk down a folly's path, the less prone we are to turn and recognize the destruction that lies ahead of us. The more you go towards this adulterous relationship, the less you'll see the destructive nature that is in front of you. The more you surf on the internet for your porn fix, the more destruction you're moving towards and the less prone you are to turn away from it. The more anger you vent, the more pride you lift up, whatever it is, the further you go down folly's path, the more difficult it will be for you to turn. So the time to turn is the moment you hear wisdom calling to you. Not putting it off, not choosing to take another step, but turn around, repent, and come back from where you are. Now here's a warning. This is where it all ends. And it's this really in-your-face part of Scripture that you might have been challenged by some. But it's a warning. All life journeys do have a point of no return. So if you're hearing me today, God has given you the U-turn opportunity. He's calling out to you to repent. If you're hearing me today, you're hearing wisdom call out to you to get off the road of folly. But there is a time that there will be a point of no return. In a challenging way, we'll go back and read chapter 1, verse 28 and following. Then they will call upon me, wisdom says, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but not find me. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof. Therefore, they shall eat of the fruit of their way and have their fill of their own devices. For the simple are killed by their turning away and the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. Is there an area of your life in which you know wisdom is calling out, pointing out that area to say, Fear the Lord in that area of your life, for you are walking in folly. Is there anything that you have chosen not to fear the Lord in, and you find yourself walking in folly? Can I point out again, it's a path of destruction. You might think nobody's knowing. You might think you're getting away with it, but I'm just telling you, with 100% accuracy, you are on a path of destruction. I've been in my office too many times with families that are broken apart. And one of the persons in the room would say, I don't know how I got here. And in my mind, I say, I know how you got there. The same way I could get there, one step at a time. Staying on that path of folly, thinking that it doesn't really matter. Oh, simple one, it matters. Wisdom is calling out. Is there any area in your life for which you are walking in folly that wisdom says, repent? Let there be no area of our life in which we embrace foolishness and let there be no area in our life in which we are not pursuing Jesus wholeheartedly. Let there be no area for which we don't beg God to renew the way of Christ in me. Let there be nothing that we dismiss let everything be renewed in Christ Jesus. Proverbs 29.1 says, He who is often reproved, yet stiffens his neck, will suddenly be broken beyond healing. Did you know that there's 
a time in your life where you come over and over on Sundays and you hear in life group and perhaps you read it in God's word and he's reproving you in an area in your life did you know that there is a time that that will stop the word of counsel will just stop it will cease your neck will be stiffened what he's saying there is you will be so stiff in your sin that you will not even heed to turn yourself to God and the way of life so he's saying, don't continue to put it off. For as you continue to put off your journey in folly, so your neck will stiffen and suddenly you will be beyond healing. Let it not be said of any of us on that day when we stand before Jesus that he warned us while we were journeying in folly and we heeded him not. We stiffened our neck to him. Well, if there's one thing that Proverbs does, it takes away the notion that there is any of us that are self-righteous in our good old boy mentality that are walking in a way of wisdom outside of Jesus. The fact is, I need Jesus. The fact is, I need his transformation. I need him to take away the sin in my life. The fact is, I need his righteousness. I need his spirit of wisdom to dwell within me, to have the mind in me like that of Christ. I need him desperately. And maybe that's your confession today. Maybe today you've come to a conclusion that although you've tried, you're walking a journey of folly towards destruction. Today, wisdom is called out. Answer wisdom. He stands at your heart's door knocking, asking you to answer. Open yourself to him. He'll begin a journey with you in newness of life. And it will be a journey of blessings for today and for the glorious prospects of eternity. Uh, Father, as you have given your word to us now, we receive it. We choose to walk in it. And any of us that are stiff-necked and stubborn in our ways, and God, you know my heart, you know my mind. I have fleshliness in me that is arrogant against you. I confess that to you, and I say to you, I want those areas renewed in Christ. And maybe there are others that you're speaking to by your Spirit who are praying out a prayer just like that. Maybe some in this room are coming to a genuineness of faith today, and they're willing to surrender themselves to you. Receive Jesus by faith and his great atoning work on the cross of Calvary, this newness of life that is afforded to them by faith. I pray that that, is, that grace is extended, so will faith be extended, and they will walk in it. So help us, God, I pray, that we might live in ways of wisdom and live gloriously unto Jesus who provides it. In his name, amen.